Hello and welcome to Romance Isn't Dead, episode 32. Sadly, the force was not with us. Hello, Ray. Hi. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to be coughing a little bit through this episode, but um, I'm getting over viral bronchitis, so yay. But you're feeling better, right? I am feeling better. I can move a bit more now and the muscles in my back don't spasm quite as much. It sounds so glam, doesn't it? It sounds wretched. <laughs> and I'm really glad you can't give me viral bronchitis from across the pond. Yeah, I know. However, somebody else might give it to you because apparently it's everywhere. Lovely. And I get, yeah, <coughs> wonderful. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, no. Ugh. What a way to start the new year. Ugh. But maybe you just get it and get over with and move on. That maybe, is my hope. Maybe 2020 shall improve. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to. It's only been 11 days, 12 days. Something like that, but let me tell you this. So far, 2020 is reading like a bonus track for 2019, and it ain't cool. That's all oh. I'm saying. Well, yeah, I suppose there has been quite a lot of stuff. And yeah. in the in the romance world, things haven't been going quite so great Ooh, either. Terrible, terrible, yes. I mean, luckily, I would say luckily, we're not authors we're not published authors so we're not affected by it however um there has been a lot going on with the romance writers of america mm -hmm. and not going to make any massive comment about it because a i don't understand it and b i'm not a member but it does seem like things are moving now in the right direction fingers crossed yeah it's um it's a mess and i don't fully understand it either it's a mess. It's an absolute I know mess. It, I know it hit the New York Times, and it also mm. even hit the Guardian over here, oh, and the wow. Telegraph, I believe. Oh, so, wow. yeah, I know. <laughs> it was like seeing the article headlines come up on my Google homepage was for, for UK-based news, when it's an association that is for American authors, was amazing in, yeah in not in amazing not in a good way right like you know something has gone horribly wrong if a genre a genre group is making the news right yeah and it, and it all seemed to happen after they announced that Joanna Lindsay had passed on yeah. hmm I don't it's, think that has any no, correlation but, but I, I, it's been from what I can glean, the issues have been, how do I want to put this? Tactfully? Uh, no, 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 no. The issues have been growing. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, it's it's been coming for some time, and, and when it hit the fan, it hit the fan, so. Yeah. So, so. hopefully they are going to come out the other side and actually resolve it or figure out some other way to not settle the problem because there's no point in settling the problem. They need to resolve it. But hopefully hopefully they will get come out the other side with a better understanding, I mm. suppose. Yeah. Well, Nora Roberts weighed in on it in the whole nine yards. I mean, it was 
kind of, and she weighed in. I saw. Yeah. So if, if this isn't a topic in which you are interested, I would just tell you sort of, you know, Google RWA. Head uh, to Twitter. Head to, there's, is there some stuff on Twitter? Now I am not really on romance novel Twitter. I'm on Star Wars Twitter. Uh, However, but, Romance Isn't Dead is on Romance Twitter, yes. and there is a lot going on. Mm-hmm. In fact, our home feed has actually been full of pretty much nothing but since it started. And it's been horrifying to watch everything unravel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because as an outsider, you don't get to see all of the ins and outs of any association mm-hmm. and seeing this and obviously as a reader you think oh that's fine everything's great they've got this that and the other and you don't even think of the associations or any of the Mm -hmm. internal political workings of them and to see them all come out in public as they have done was surprising Mm -hmm. and surprising in a horrifying way Mm -hmm. I agree I agree Uh, there's Basically, this boils down to, I say it boils down to, but a lot of it has to do with discrimination. And so, yeah, it's ugly. And this episode's depressing enough. (laughs) (laughs) It's so depressing, y'all. I was so excited. Y'all remember, right? Oh, God, yeah. You wouldn't stop talking about it. I was so excited. And I was so excited for ages because it really seemed like Star Wars was starting to listen to women a little bit. And then this happened. And, you know, honestly... If you understand that Star Wars is built on myth and it's sort of our myth for the modern era, you also understand that this movie broke the myth. And I'm not the best person to talk about breaking the myth. And you know, if you're if you are if you really want to like get in like dig into this topic and maybe you will, maybe you won't. There are other podcasts out there that really can dig into it really well and probably the top of the one that can dig into breaking the actual myth is what the force so i'm just going to say go listen to what the force about myth and mythology because they really just dig deep into it but as a reader as a romance reader and as someone who consumed a lot of star wars i had no idea just how bad it was for them to break a myth until they did it and then I was like what has happened it was terrible it was absolutely terrible so yeah there's that (laughs) (laughs) you sound so despondent I know that I spoke to you after you'd oh just to clarify we're talking about the Rise of Skywalker. Yes, which well, should have been. Named. Sally is going to be talking. Sally is going to be talking about the Rise of Skywalker because and if anybody listened to our previous Star Wars episode, they know I haven't watched anything in Star Wars since like 1983. Well, let me also say this: 
I can't talk about this without full-on spoilers, so if you are trying to avoid spoilers for this movie, you should not listen to this episode. You should go watch the movie and then come back. And also, if you haven't watched it already, it's been out for over a month. It has been out for a month now, and the box office reflects that they broke the myth. But anyway, go ahead. (laughs) So we're talking about The Rise of Skywalker, or Sally will be, um, because she went and saw it three times. I've seen it three times. It didn't get any better. It aged like milk. Yeah, but milk can turn into cheese. Yeah, this didn't age like good milk. This aged like milk you need to throw out because it just curdled and makes you sick at the stomach. This aged like the milk I had in my fridge when I came back after Christmas. That is correct. <laughs> okay, so when you went and saw it the first time, what did what was your honest thought as you came out of the cinema? I can't believe I just had to watch that with my own two eyes. I cannot believe I just had to watch that with my own eyes. It was why though. Okay, first of all, was was the whole thing bad, or was it just your perception of how things should have ended and didn't that caused the problem? Okay, so it was like a perfect storm of bad. A perfect storm of bad. So when you're talking about this movie for me I understand that this is to my mind this is my opinion it was wretched from the time the crawl started and you know the opening crawl the 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 roll da, 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 and then you got the rise of skywalker episode nine kind of thing and then the very first line of this was the dead speak exclamation point there, no, no, that's not how you start a crawl. Okay, so that's not a good sign. But okay, it's just a crawl, right? It could be fine. Mm-mm. Nah, nah, nah. This movie was for me, they made so many bad choices that if they had given been solo the ending that it seemed to be going with <laughs> for the first two movies then then I probably could have forgiven it some of these choices but um, problems that I have with the movie that don't have to deal with romance the editing was terrible very herky-jerky you aren't given a chance to breathe as an audience member. Like something happens, and they move immediately on to the other thing. So you don't have a chance to process it. Um, one of my good friends was with me the first night. And uh, as I said, this is full spoilers. So Princess Leia dies. And Chewie breaks down crying. Well, she's crying because Chewie's crying and Leia's dead. But then she can't literally even see the next scene and you don't have a chance to like really live in that moment, right? You don't have a chance Mm -hmm. to live in that moment because they immediately go to the next scene where suddenly Ben is talking to his dad. And it's like, wait, what just happened? You know, it felt like... What, you mean his dad that he killed? Yes. Okay. Um, He's just a memory. 
it's just a memory. But anyway, um, so he's suddenly talking to his dad, which actually that's fine. Like, but it's like a series of a hundred two minute trailers cobbled together. Does that make sense? Like it was. That like, sounds like my idea of hell. But go okay, ahead. Well, let me say this: the same man who wrote Batman versus Superman with the line "Don't do this to Martha." wrote this movie and it shows Batman versus Superman was horrendous I was an hour and a half into it sitting in a chair at my house going is this movie not over yet this is horrible horrible that's kind of how I felt when I watched almost every single DC movie I've ever seen in my life but that's because I'm not a DC girl it was one of the worst Batman vs. Superman was one of the worst. And now this man, Chris Terrio, I'll name him, Chris Terrio is giving all the interviews. So people are asking the screenwriter the questions about things that should be questions that go to the director. But we haven't heard Boo Boo the Fool from J.J. Abrams since this film came out. Not really. I mean, okay. it's all Chris Terrio. So I mean, I have to be honest, I only see the commentary and views on my Twitter, my personal Twitter feed from stuff that you retweet anyway, mm-hmm. and because it's not my fandom, right, and sure. I'm being honest, I haven't any interest in seeing any of the films, and now even less so, because that's the ending, sod it, um, but there doesn't seem to be stacks of stuff out there it's not like on my it doesn't appear on my news feed I didn't notice anything huge in um in any way or form mm-hmm. on any news site but maybe it's because I wasn't looking the only thing I did mm-hmm. notice was that um Carrie, Carrie Fisher's daughter was the stand-in for her mother when they were filming her scenes that's all I know. She was, and, this, yeah, and and there was one apparently one. Well, I saw the scene obviously, but there was one scene where they did a flashback of Leia, and apparently Billy Lord stood in for her there, and then they, then they, uh, basically did a terrible CGI job of making her look like younger Carrie Fisher. See, that's what I don't understand. Is I mean, I've seen obviously everybody has seen clips and things, and I saw the clip of the younger layer. I don't know if it was from this film or it was from another one. And all I could think was, but this is Disney. And Disney did the fantastic job with de-aging Robert Downey Jr., with de-aging Samuel L. Jackson, with the aging Clark Gregg. So... Um, Why are they see, having this problem? <laughs> I don't. I don't. And ILM is better than this. ILM is better than this. I don't know. Well, actually, I do know. They ran out of time. And they ran out of time. And they just shoved this movie out before they were ready. They oh, like not, <laughs> Well, something. I, don't, I haven't seen Cats. But, I mean, and the other thing is, like, if this movie had been even halfway good and hadn't just... If this movie had not broken the myth, if it had not had this nihilistic, terrible ending that um, leaves the heroine 
infantilized and alone, then I would have gone to see this movie another three times by myself and I would have taken my children. But as it is, there's no rewatchability, especially for general audience members, right? There's nothing that they want to see again because it's all just pew, 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 pew. Yeah, but then I think that general audience members aren't the ones that will rewatch anyway. It's like... Um, That's I've what I'm spoken, saying, though. Like, my, mom's, my mom is a perfect example. She's a definite general audience member. She doesn't have massive loyalty to mm-hmm. any particular fandom because she's my mom. I mean, she's mm-hmm. older than that. She's not really of the generation that is so big on fandom. And there are certain things, and I've spoken with her before about TV shows and everything, and she'll say, well, why would I want to watch that again? I've already seen it. Mm-hmm. Right. But you're right. And that's what I'm saying. There's nothing in this movie that would make a general audience member or even just kind of a casual fan who might consider going and seeing it again if it was really good want to go see it again. It doesn't have rewatchability. And I sat there and watched it again a second and third time. And the only reason I went the second and third time was because I had plans to do so. And they were like concrete plans that would have bitterly disappointed friends of mine. Does that make sense? Yeah, total sense. Okay, so I'm not going to bitterly disappoint two dear friends of mine because I didn't like a movie. But let me That's say this. That's the only this. reason I went and saw Twilight. Okay, but let me say this. As with, as the scroll comes up, we're like 10 minutes into the movie. My friend leans over. He leans over and he says to me, you didn't like this film, did you? And I was like, nah. He said, would you be here if it wasn't for us? I said, nah. So you're just here for us. Yep that's it and he was like oh and then when we, when when we left he was like that was really bad mm-hmm. sure was and then other friend Ashley she's like I didn't like it like and she was like gen- like she's the kind of person who is a Star Wars fan but she's closer to a general audience like just she goes and she sees the movie very close to opening day because she doesn't want to spoil it for her. But she would go back and see it again. Mm-mm. Not interested. And and you have heard the argument that this was a Disney-fied ending. Yes, I have. quite From quite a few sources, actually. But yes, I have heard that. What Disney fairy tale are they watching? Maybe they're watching a grim fairy tale. Because it ain't Disney. It's not. It is not a Disney-fied ending. The ending of this movie returns the heroine to the state she was in at the beginning of the movie before the call to the adventure. She has her hair up in the three buns that she's been wearing since she was five. Five years old, right? Mm-hmm. She actually picks up the, the a metal like plate and slides down a sand hill just like she did in the first movie. She is alone on a dead planet with a borrowed droid for company, but apparently somewhere in extended canon, like visual dictionary, they explained that the droid is now hers or something. Really? Really? No, that, that droid is not hers. That belongs to someone else. And she ends the movie on a planet. She has no connection to staring off into twin suns because 
J.J. Abrams wanted to have twin sons at the end of his movie because twin sons were so important in the very first trilogy. And she's alone. And the only way they could have infantilized her more in that shot is to give her the little maid doll that she had in the very first movie. That's the only way they could make her more infant. That's it. That's it. It was awful. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely insulting. Insulting. And if you're a woman and you're watching this movie and you had any sort of engagement with the romance of this, I can't. I just can't. I mean, yeah, it, 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 this movie reads like J.J. was a Leia and Luke shipper and never got over it and decided they were brother and sister. Or maybe it was Chris Terrio. I don't know, because J.J.'s not talking anymore. He knows it's bad. He knows it's bad. He's not a completely incompetent film filmmaker. He knows he did a terrible job. He knows it. Yeah, but other, pe- but other people liked it. There were people out there that liked it. Yeah, the people right? that li- Okay, there were people that liked it, but you know what? The people that liked it were the people that go and see the movie and they don't think about it afterward. But are you sure, is that not maybe the audience they were catering to on this occasion? Maybe it was, but you know what? The box office shows it. The box office shows it. Even leaving aside the ridiculous success of The Force Awakens, right? It, that made over $2 billion. It was never going to hit that, right? Fine. That, I, there was never an expectation for this movie to hit that. But... Star Wars Star Wars movies have a pattern with their trilogies. The first ones make the most money. The second one loses a lot of ground, right? And then the mm-hmm. third one makes up for it and makes more money than the second one does, right? Okay. Force Awakens beyond successful, right? Then you get the rise or the 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 Last Jedi made one point three billion dollars. Nice. I mean, it's a massive drop off. But $1.3 billion is awesome, and it out-earned Rogue One, which made like $1.0 billion, right? $1.05 mm-hmm. or something like that. $1.03 billion or $1.06 billion. They're not even sure this is going to meet Rogue One's number by the time it's done with this theatrical run. They're not even sure it's going to meet that number. It's That's definitely okay. not, not going to beat The Last Jedi. Well, and the Disney last Jedi made was clear. Yeah, I, I know. Disney made stacks of money, and Lucasfilm essentially destroyed the Star Wars myth. Well, I, because if, personally, I can't see where they're going to go from here if there are no Skywalkers left. But oh no, it, it Ray. It ends with with an, a crone in the desert looking at Ray saying. There's no one been out here for a long time. Who are you? And she says, I'm Ray. She goes, Ray who? Now, naming conventions are not that important in Star Wars, by the way. So she goes, Ray who? And she goes, looks off into the distance, sees bad, bad force ghost image of Luke and Leia. No Ben, just Luke and Leia. And she turns back and she goes, Ray Skywalker. 
So now somehow this granddaughter of Palpatine, which came out of freaking nowhere, is now Rey Skywalker. What? It was awful. It was awful. The the choices they made in this movie. Like, I didn't even mention to you that she's the granddaughter of Palpatine. It retcons. It retcons so much. It retcons everything. It's I never want either of those two men to write a woman's story ever again. You watched the Screen Rant um, movie pitch, didn't you, that I sent you? Yeah, I did. I did, yeah. That kind of mirrors a lot of what you said, does it not? Um, yeah, I mean, it was terrible. I mean, the Screen Rant thing was really funny, uh, but yeah. And I asked, um, I'm in a group chat with some other Raylos and um and I said to them is there anything I really need to really because I said I was doing this podcast today and um Rev from Canada um on Twitter her name is the Rev Meglorian if you wanted to follow her she has really quality content but um I said, um, I'm a co-host of a not Star Wars podcast called Romance Isn't Dead. We talk classic romance novels, movie, etc. And my co-host is not a Star Wars fan, but she's willing to do a Star Wars episode regarding Tross. Are there any salient points I need to bring specifically? And um, Rev said, well, she kissed him and he effing died. That's an anti-romance take right there. And, and really, yeah, that that's exactly what happened. She So it's kind of like fall in love, show your affection, and then die. perform a noble sacrifice. <laughs> and die. Okay, okay, so I'm explaining their art sort of choppy, so let me let me back up and explain it a little differently. In The Last Jedi, he reached out his hand to her and said join me. She's recognizing that it's Kylo Ren. She can't be a part of Kylo Ren's, you know, empire, right? Mm-hmm. She's seeing the shell. She doesn't want to be a part of that. In this one, they're having a lightsaber fight and Leia distracts him by reaching out to him in the force because apparently she can do that now, but it's going to kill her, but she hasn't reached out to him in the force before, but don't look at this movie too hard. Okay. So Ben stops. He, I think he like drops his lightsaber, but Ray turns around, grabs it, stabs him in exactly the place that he had stabbed Han Solo. Right? So he's dying. Mm-hmm. He's dying. Ray heals him. Now, earlier in the movie, she had said that healing things just gives, takes a little bit of life force. Right? She mm-hmm. shakes, she, she heals the snake, shakes her hand. Because it took a little bit out of her, and she seems fine, and walks away. She's happy, smiling, right? So she kills Ben, like he's gasping his last breath. She turns around, realizes what she's like done, right? She heals him. She and she heals everything. She had left a scar on his face, down his entire face. She even heals that scar that had been with him for a year plus, right? Okay. And gets up and walks away. If this is taking so much of your life force, shouldn't you be a little tired? No, she's not tired. She goes, she hops in uh, his Thai whisperer and 
off the Exegol. Yeah. Never mind that she had already destroyed the TIE Whisperer and the map to Exegol, but apparently the map to Exegol survived the massive explosion that she had created in the original TIE, but the Wayfinder that she had found, he broke with his own bare hand. Don't look at this movie too closely. Okay? So, she's headed off. Um, wait. Yes, yeah, no, she doesn't go to Excalibur. She goes to back to Octo because she's going to destroy it and she doesn't want to do, she doesn't want to do this anymore. And um, Ben, I'm having trouble because they just go so many places and they go so many, do, do so many different things. Anyway, the bottom line is she leaves in his, in his spaceship, right? I think she goes to Octo, but anyway. He has his conversation with his dad, which is clearly a memory because they say you're just a memory and... Um, he throws away his lightsaber, which is probably not the best call in terms of, you know, self-defense, but whatever, I'll let it go, whatever, I don't care. It's a great symbol that he's throwing away this persona of Kylo Ren. He steals a TIE fighter, which doesn't have hyperspace because they're on the Death Star that went down over Endor 30 years ago. And so he doesn't have... He doesn't have um, he doesn't have light speed, but somehow he can get to Exegol, which is this planet. The, very complicated. You need a map to it. He doesn't need it apparently. Uh, Ray goes to Octo, destroys the tie the tie fighter that she had stolen. Uh, has a conversation with Force Ghost Luke, who raises his X wing from the water that had been you know. It'd been in the water for six years at least and was missing parts because they used the parts to make a door. But again, don't, don't. And I don't even want realism in my Star Wars. I don't. But all of this stuff is retconning stuff, right? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but also, but also continuation would be, continuity would be a good thing. Right. By the sound of it, they didn't hire someone to check it, maybe? I, well, they were editing on the fly. They were in a hurry. I guess. It doesn't take much to get somebody to go, you do realize that that doesn't go with that. Apparently, it's too, it's too much for them. It's, it's like knitting. It's but, like sewing a size 16 jean leg to a size 22 jean leg. Apparently, that was too much. So, so fast forward. She gets to Exegol. It's confirmed that Palpatine is her grandfather, which makes no sense, but okay, whatever. And, you know, I could really get into these two soulmates, the granddaughter of the Palpatine, the grandson of the Skywalker. I could really get into that, but that hadn't been set up. What had been set up was Ray Nobody. And I really, I was pretty invested in that whole Ray Nobody thing, but I could have gotten over the Ray Palpatine thing if they'd done it well, but they did it like crap, right? And then... Um, Ben shows up, he gets to Exegol, apparently no hyperdrive is not too much of a deterrent, and um, it's clear that he's been solo again, right? And Palpatine looks at them together and says, oh, you're a dyad in the force, two, soul, or, uh, two souls that are one, literal soulmates, right? You live mm-hmm. and die. Okay. To, yeah, you live and die together. Then he sucks their life force out of them, regenerates his freaking fingers, 
And so now he's no longer a puppet hanging on this like life support machine. Now he can walk around. Okay. And he okay. almost kills him because he's strong enough to almost kill a prophesied dyad in the force. And um, Ben gets up. He's not quite dead, right? Ben gets up and he's going to fight the guy. Palpatine lifts him into the air and says, As I once fell, you shall fall, the last Skywalker, blah, blah, blah. And then yeets him down a pit. Okay, first of all, if it didn't kill you, you should probably assume it's not going to kill the last Skywalker. And when was the last time throwing a Jedi down a pit actually killed them? I'm not sure that really ever happened. Okay? Because Jedis have this thing, it's called the Force, and they can catch themselves. <laughs> so, anyway. Anyway. And, and canonically, Ben has caught himself before, but I can't watch this movie too closely. And so, when Ray wakes up, Palpatine is wandering around and he's all good, right. And um, she's like, she goes to fight him and he's got all the force lightning, right? And he's like, you cannot kill me. I'm all the Sith. And she's like, I'm all of the Jedi. Now, all these Jedi are talking to Palpatine's granddaughter, but they could not have been arsed to talk to Ben, who'd been crying out for help for 30 years. Okay. Okay. Fine. So she does this really nifty thing where she crosses the two lightsabers and she's sending Palpatine's force lightning back at him and it melts his face off and he's gone. But somehow after that, those Jedi then desert her and let her die. She's all the Jedi, but now she's dead. So Ben crawls out of the pit makes his way over to her as best as he possibly can with his broken back and his broken leg, gathers her up in his arms in the classic Pieta pose, right? Puts his hand on her lower belly and heals her. She wakes up. She looks at him. says, Ben. Like she recognizes that this is Ben, not Kylo Ren, right? And earlier okay. in the movie, she had said to him in the, at that fight at the TIE Fighter, I wanted to take your hand. I wanted to take Ben's hand. So she makes the distinction between Kylo Ren and Ben. And, and it, like, clicks in his head that, wait, she loves Ben. She doesn't love this persona. She doesn't love the power. She loves Ben. She loves the man that I am, not the shell that I that I have projected, right? Okay. And, which was, I think, totally unintentional because Terrio and, and Ad Abrams clearly don't know what they're doing. But that's what she had done. And then when she sees him on Exegol, she says, Ben. And um, he, he smiles at her a little bit, just like a little smile. Like, yeah, it's me. And she kisses him. And it's this beautiful kiss that could have been shot better, but it was still a beautiful kiss. And it's canon. And it's canon. And, um, she pulls back and she's smiling at him and he smiles at her and then he dies. Like, fades away, dies. All she's left with is a dirty shirt with a freaking hole in it. And then at the end, to add insult to injury... This isn't about Ben. It's it's about the Skywalker legacy. And clearly the last Skywalker is not part of the Skywalker legacy. And he doesn't even get to be a Force ghost. <laughs> and I hate this movie so 
so much. It's terrible. They broke the myth. And then they end with her, a five-year-old on Tatooine. But she's not a five-year-old. She's a fully grown woman with the mentality of a five-year-old by the sound of it. Apparently, yeah. Because J.J. just had to... So in Star Wars, you get to be a dead mother or a virgin. You cannot be a sexual woman with a romance. They can't have that. If you look at his his other stuff, I mean, he did Star Trek and left the Star Trek project to work on Star Wars, which made quite a few Star Trek fans quite cross, though he does love his lens flare, which you'll notice if you watch any of the newer Star Star Trek movies. But there's no romance in that at all. He has done romance okay before. Okay. Well, he did Alias, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, it's not like the man doesn't know. and But it is just insane how poorly this is done. And it doesn't even feel like... It doesn't even feel like this is... Um, I, I, I can't with this. I just can't because this is supposed to be the according to George Lucas happy endings right <laughs> yeah yeah no nah they're not gonna do a happy ending for this and a lot of people are like oh well you know um he killed his dad he you know he redeemed himself sure but he had to die for that did he really? Did he really? I mean, this is... Was it going Old Testament, you know? I mean, not. apparently. But that's not what that's not what it had been setting up. And so, this movie for me was... It... It, it hurt. It hurt. And it made me super bitter. And, um... I've had to watch Logan Lucky a lot because at least Melly gets to, you know, have sex with Joe Bang if she wants to and not be judged for it and infantilized for it. And at least those characters respect their sister Melly um, and the fact that she knows what she's talking about. And, you know, I, at least I get to see Adam Driver live. I don't know. It's awful. Didn't he lose his arm in that? Yeah, but he's still alive. And we can always been... watch Marriage Story. Oh, oh, that'd be great. But, but apparently <laughs> Marriage Story's more has a more hurtful ending than The Rise of Skywalker. Let that sink in. A movie about a freaking divorce has a more hopeful ending than this. Star Wars. The last, the end of the Skywalker saga. Okay, so yeah, but unless, if, that was the end of, if that was the end of the Skywalker saga, where are they going next? They're going to go back in time, probably to the the Knights of the Old Republic era, and they may revisit the Skywalkers. Like they may go post Tross. I like to call it a monstrosity. Um, <laughs> they may go post monstrosity. Um, 
but it'll probably be some time from now and they're going to have to hopefully they'll talk Adam Driver into coming back like I don't know it would probably take millions upon millions upon millions of dollars but they need to pay him whatever he wants so he'll come back and um yeah they need to get him back and they need to get Ben Solo out of the world between worlds because if he's not a force ghost they didn't mean to leave this door open but they left this door open um he's not a force ghost so where is he where is he? Maybe he's like the Red Skull. Maybe he is. And Ray needs to go get him. Go get your man out the world between worlds. Not this Ray. Other Ray. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so go get your man out of the world between worlds. And so I feel like I've been kind of incoherent about this, but I literally am devastated by it and I've gotten so much oh it's just a movie get over it I'm going to die mad about this just so you know whenever I die I'll still be mad about this movie what happens if in 10 years time they retcon it I'll still be mad about this movie but I will welcome the retcon with open arms <laughs> be like, oh bring me the retcon bring me the retcon I will still be mad about monstrosity yes as i said that's what fanfic is for oh my god i've already read so much i've already read so much fix it fic i'm knee deep in like three or four of them it's amazing well, because this movie came out and they were already writing fix it fix like after the premiere fix it fix were going up the next day because yeah it's kind of it has to be said it's kind of the same as the fix it fix that went up the day after Endgame, mm -hmm. though obviously not the day after because most of the authors are American and they didn't see it until after, until a couple of days after it was released in the UK. Mm -hmm. So I had to wait a few days. But then all of a sudden, Steve hasn't travelled back in time and had his happily ever after with Peggy. He's with Darcy. I'm happy with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, I, of course, I, I... and of course, she's now coming back to um, MCU. Oh, that's good news. She's going to be in WandaVision and um, Thor, Love and Thunder. Now, is the Love and Thunder the one where Jane is Thor? Jane is another Thor, but yes. And that is actually comic book canon, so... Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to find it interesting to discover if they actually handle it the same way as they do in the comic books, though, because her story is kind of tragic. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. If you think that Disney's nihilistic, they might. I just don't think Disney's supposed to be nihilistic. Apparently, Terrio and Abrams do. Yeah, but they're not, they're not touching Marvel. Be grateful. Be so grateful that they're nowhere near Marvel. But, but J.J. is going to to WB right to try and reboot WB Warner Brothers yeah but isn't Warner Brothers DC Comics exactly oh that's okay he can do that because look at the wonder that Joss Whedon did of Justice League when okay, he but he can't edited he should he wonder you know what you can let him start a story but never let him finish it let this be another lesson that J.J. Abrams has no clue how to finish a story because he essentially ended the Skywalker saga with massive questions that were the start of yet another story. And it's like, J.J., you need to stop and you shouldn't have taken this job because you knew you couldn't do it. 
Well, didn't he also, well, he also did. I was just remembered you talking about the ending thing just reminded me of another show that he had something to do with that had probably Lost. the weirdest, en- yeah, the weirdest ending on t- in TV history. I never watched it, so I can't comment well, I, on it. But My mum stayed up because they aired it over here at the same time as it aired in the US and they started doing that a lot with shows and Lost was the first time they ever did it and it aired at something like three o'clock in the morning over here maybe two and my mum stayed up to watch that and I've never forgotten after she watched it she was like oh and a lot of the people I worked with at the time were what the hell have I just watched because Mm -hmm. that ending was Gruy. Mm-hmm. If you liked it, let us know in the comments because I'd love to hear of anybody who actually watched that and thought, "Yay, that makes so much sense." Well, let me also say that <clears throat> they Game of Thrones to this ending. I don't know if you watched it or were fan. Well, of it wasn't Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones was like full of incest anyway, wasn't it? Yeah, but when I say they Game of Thrones this ending, I mean they screwed it up like like Benioff and Wise screwed up Game of Thrones ending. They screwed it up. So, well, weren't I'll, they going? Weren't they going? Oh no, that wasn't Game of Thrones. That was oh yes, it was Game of Thrones. The guys who wrote the last season of Game of Thrones were supposed to be working on a future trilogy in Star Wars. Oh yeah, and it got and taken away not. from. Yes, it got taken away from them. And there was much rejoicing in my corner of the fandom, so, that it was taken away from them. So, yeah, there you go. And I have yammered on for a long time, and I should have put down all the notes and just said, okay, done a chronological thing. But I really am having a great deal of trouble with this. So, anyway, despite what Star Wars wants to say, apparently... I would just say, and I normally say this at the end, romance isn't dead, no matter what Star Wars is telling you. (laughs) So, that's my opinion. That's okay. Everyone is entitled to an opinion, and I know that there will be a lot of people who have different ones. Oops, sorry about that. I just hit my microphone. (laughs) So if you are of a different opinion or you agree, let us know. Contact us on Twitter at ISNRomance or alternatively, just leave a comment on our podcast. We really do love hearing from you. So I think that's pretty much it. We are going to start updating the blog again, I promise. Um, In fact, I posted something on there today basically saying this is our New Year's resolution. Whether it happens or not is down to both of us so we are going to do our best yeah (laughs) yeah my bad and and we're going to try and keep this pattern up of doing something about romance in general media so tv movies um and then do another episode all about our books Mm -hmm. so we're going to try and do one book a month Mm mm-hmm I think that works out about right. And our next episode is actually 
our first one for this year about a book and it was Sally's Choice. And that book was only his by Elizabeth Lowell and that is actually a really old, I would call it classic romance from the 1990s. I had no idea it was that old, but just... Well, it's kind of the, so it's kind of the same age as the um, first Catherine Coulter we read. Yes, and I think we will have some things to discuss on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you now for nothing. We will have things to discuss. I read two books this week. One of them was that one, and another one was just as bad, if not worse. So stay tuned for next week's ep- for the episode that's coming out in two weeks, where we discuss Only His by Elizabeth Lowell. All right. And Ray, <laughs> how would you like to sign out? Keep on searching for your happily ever after, though. Don't search for it in the last movie of Star Wars, apparently. Oh, for the love of Pete, do not look for your happily ever after in monstrosity. Instead, believe that romance isn't dead, no matter what. We'll see you on the other side. Bye. (laughs) Bye.